Lots to talk about. Of course, we'll be going open line, taking your tech calls and questions later on in the program. We'll be talking about Facebook. Will there be a, a dislike button? Talk about uh, Cineplex and eSports, going to a, a movie theater to watch people play video games. Kind of crazy. Also, uh, later on, we'll be talking with uh, Cam Gordon over at Twitter about uh, how Twitter's playing a part in the federal election and uh, uh, some notes from the recent uh, debate as well And uh, Twitter saw. Well, Twitter, it's funny. The activity that you see on Twitter during the debates is, is, is pretty amazing. It, typically, in the, in the past, it was very passive. You listen to these people debate, and then you would make your, th- uh, your mind up. Now, you can actually participate by talking about what people are saying online, on Twitter, with the hashtag, the, the appropriate hashtag, to not only listen to what other Canadians are saying, but you can actually have a, a voice and a conversation with people all in real time as the debate is happening. It's amazing. It's an amazing time that we live in that we can do that. Well, it was interesting, uh, the leader of the Green Party. Um, Elizabeth May. Yeah, she wasn't invited to this debate, and so she uh, just kind of stood by on Twitter to yeah. uh, basically make her opinions known. Well, it's a great platform to, to talk to your, uh, the voters out there. So whether it's a, a live television debate or on Twitter, you can still, as a leader, be able to communicate with other Canadians. So interesting tech news. Uh, this one really caught my uh, attention this week, Andy. Uh, Amazon, uh, the big uh, e-tailer, uh, they've also been into the hardware game as well. Uh, they've got their tablets. Uh, they've got their little Fire TVs, little boxes that compete with uh, Apple TVs to uh, play videos on your television. Uh, they announced uh, a $50, and again, this is U.S. pricing, a $50 tablet, 7-inch tablet down in the U.S. Isn't that crazy? Well, I think a lot of people are wondering, why would Amazon try to get the bottom of the barrel of the tablet market? You're looking at a market that started around 2010 when the first iPad came onto the scene, and it's matured. It's matured. And what happens in a mature market? The price for the components and from what you're buying, the prices go down. What Amazon has decided was, let's make a $50 tablet as almost a gateway drug to to buy on Amazon and to become an Amazon Prime member, an annual member, which I think you are. Yeah, and I love it. But it's funny because I've been debating, should I become an Amazon member? Should I buy everything online? My worry is by getting a subscription, I'm just going to buy more stuff just because it's so easy. Uh, Yeah, but... You save a lot of money, and the convenience factor is high as, as well. Uh, there's no question. Um, I'm a prime member for both Canada and the U.S. <laughs> I'm a sucker. But, uh, you know, it's interesting that, you know, they're taking this route. Yeah. Uh, you know, the $50 version uh, is going to have ads served up on it. That's right. Uh, you know, you can get a version of it for $15 more uh, that doesn't have the ads. But uh, they're really using it as a gateway, like you said, to buy stuff from them, uh, but also to use their Prime service as well, which is about 100 bucks a year, uh, but it also gets you Amazon Video and Music down in the U.S., and that's what the tablet would be great for well, doing as well. That's not all, Mike. You know, we're, we're talking more about the connected home, and everybody's trying to become that de facto uh, operating system there. We got Apple with their um, HomeKit. You got also Google in, in the business, but Amazon wants to do that too because they have that, what's it called, the Echo Speaker, yeah. the one that you can talk to. So they want to use this Fire tablet, this $50 or $75 tablet. Um, they want to use that as kind of to connect all your devices at home. So it's, it's really, they got to get people on Amazon. They can understand your purchasing habits. They can make it easy for you to shop and they can talk to all the different devices you have at home. 
So that's really the route that they're going, and uh, everyone else is competing in that space as well. The funny thing is, and you'll remember this about three years ago, you said, mark my words, Andy, there will be a, ta- a tablet that's under $300. I know, because they're all like six, $700 At the time. Then. Yeah. I don't think you ever thought there'd be a $50 tablet. I, I knew that they would go down to the $100 price range eventually, yeah. but uh, 50 bucks, you know, from a, a name brand, that's, that's not bad. Uh, also, uh, Cineplex uh, has uh, recently bought uh, an e-sports uh, company. Uh, for $10 million here in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're investing another $5 million to basically bring eSports to Cineplex theaters. And this is essentially uh, where uh, people can go down and watch uh, eSports tournaments, people playing uh, computer games like well, League of Legends and, and, and others. Not only watch, but participate. So they're going to create an actual like community-level leagues of e-gaming, so popular uh, video games out there that everybody plays online. They're going to start organizing little tiny leagues, and then you have qualifying rounds. So you could become like the state or provincial champion of, of a certain video game. And all that's going to happen at Cineplex. So when they have the big tournaments, people can go down there. Say you tried to play and you got knocked out and you want to see who the guy that beat you is is doing in the tournament. You're going to be able to watch that at Cineplex. And it makes perfect sense because if you look at kids these days, I don't even know if they go to the movies anymore. Well, I think that's the thing, right? Because uh, they're losing them. Uh, You know, a lot of the the younger people now, uh, as far as content... What are they doing? They're going to Netflix. They're yeah. watching these things on their smartphones and their tablets or, or computers for that matter. Uh, you know, I think they're obviously seeing the numbers dip as far as that market. So this uh, is an attempt to get uh, that group back into the theaters. And, you know, once they get into the theaters, you know, they can sell popcorn and drinks and, and make tons of money. Not only that, but if you're, if you're a gamer at home and you're playing on, say, a 50-inch or 60-inch television, and then suddenly you're playing at a, in a theater – and you can control everything. It's, it's an amazing experience. It's so active. It's, it's in, instead of just watching a movie, you're participating in it almost and competing at the same time. Well, we'll see how that uh, falls out uh, in the, uh, the coming years. Uh, big uh, kerfuffle this week. You know, if you're on Facebook, um, all these uh, posts from everyone, Facebook is bringing a dislike button. Uh, so if you are on Facebook, uh, you've got what's uh, essentially your timeline, your news feed, you know, all the posts from your friends and news articles and, and all of them you can basically, uh, there's a little like button you yes. can click on there. And so, you know, for years, you know, some people have been saying we need a dislike button as yeah. well. Mark Zuckerberg uh, had made some comments uh, talking to some people saying that they were working on something like a dislike button. And everyone just jumped on that saying there's going to be a dislike button. But that's not the case. No, they didn't listen to what he said after that and uh, basically people never do Facebook is trying to put more empathy inside the platform and it's not that easy especially for something that's being used by a billion people you know they want to make sure they get it right before they roll this out and it's kind of the situation where if you know somebody who's someone they just lost somebody they, they someone passed away and they posted on on Facebook it almost feels awkward when you click like to that, but you want to express sympathy somehow. And so that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to find out ways where you can kind of express that, but not in a binary kind of like on or off or like or dislike way, because that's how Reddit is based out of. Uh, YouTube as well has, has thumbs up and thumbs down. I know. I hate that. On, on our channel, I don't like when people dislike my, my uh, segments. <laughs> I, I've, I've looked into that as well. Yeah. Uh, typically, we get more likes than dislikes. I've done the, the data, but uh, they don't want it to be a platform like that for Facebook. They want it more comp- where you can express yourself and not just have people say, I like or I dislike that. 
there's there's a lot of gray in the middle between like and dislike. Yeah. And I think that's what they're trying to bring to the platform. We'll see what happens uh, in the, the coming weeks and if they roll out uh, anything. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Cam Gordon from Twitter Canada and uh, how Twitter has uh, played a role in this year's election, more so than any time before, and uh, maybe some uh, some notes about uh, the recent uh, leaders' debate as well and uh, what was happen- happening in the Twittersphere. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here in the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here in studio today. Don't forget, we're also periscoping our radio show on a weekly basis. This is kind of a cool thing. You can go online, uh, either through your web browser uh, or the Periscope app on your iPhone or Android phone, and see us live video stream the entire show. So it's kind of cool. During the breaks, we talk about uh, other cool things, have a little demos sometimes. And again, to find us, uh, our handle is at GetConnectedNow. That's our Twitter, ha- Twitter handle, and uh, it's what you use to find us uh, on the web. And we made history today. We actually used Twitter's new landscape mode for the first time on Periscope. <laughs> this is, this is I don't history know how, in the making. I don't know how historic that is, really. <laughs> it is We basically s- switched the angle of the phone. And it worked, because before, it didn't have that feature, but no. it's, uh, it's now enabled. Uh, in doing so, though, we broke the tripod. Yes. And I will have to blame Twitter for that on the line <laughs> to take responsibility is Cam Gordon. How are you doing, Cam? Good, good. I, I didn't realize this was like a customer service uh, call we were uh, we were doing today. Oh, I hope your tripod's okay. Yeah, I uh, I blame you. I do. Okay. This, this... Well, I, I, was, uh, I was out there through your studio. Next time, I'll, I'll take a look. Next time, I'm going <laughs> to Well, Cam, uh, I wanted to get you on the show because uh, it's been very interesting for me through this election uh, how much more engaged people are through social media and especially tools like Twitter. Uh, You know, we're seeing the candidates all using it now to, you know, engage their support base. Uh, People who are following the election also uh, are using it to share their voices. And and we saw it really, uh, you know, uh, used a lot in the recent uh, debate uh, as well. And, and, and obviously this is uh, something that I'm, I'm sure you like to hear. Yeah, no, absolutely. We do like to hear that. And I mean, uh, yeah, kind of the second screen viewing has definitely been uh, a big part of viewing experience, not just for things like debate, but any big, you know, events in the society, be it the Academy Awards or the Stanley Cup Finals or obviously big political events now, you know, people are watching on their TVs or their tablets or their laptops and then following along on uh, Twitter. What I found interesting, uh, so we had the debate this week. Uh, we had uh, the three, I guess, big leaders. Yeah. Uh, but uh, one, one, one of the uh, candidates, uh, Elizabeth May from the Green Party, uh, was not invited to this particular debate, but she used Twitter as her platform to get her message out during the debate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we worked with Elizabeth directly on that strategy as well. And then uh, Steve Laderante, he's our government lead at Twitter Canada. He was actually with her and Victoria backstage at her viewing party, uh, generating those videos uh, that you saw uh, during the debate as well. So we actually pulled some uh, stats on those. She put out 25 videos during the 90-minute debate. And out of those, uh, got 14,000 retweets in total. And she also gained 3,900 new followers on debate day as well. So, you know, there wasn't a clear-cut winner for the debate, but a lot of people were saying because of her innovative use of Twitter and, uh, you know, kind of her innovative plan B that uh, Elizabeth may have been the winner on the evening. It's kind of like grassroots campaigning 2.0 in, the, in this digital social media era, Cam. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, you know, Twitter really is the great uh, it's a great unifier as well. And certainly you saw the amount of press coverage that Elizabeth got off this as well. So, you know, she's got the whole audience on Twitter as well. But then, you know, all the mainstream news outlets were covering the fact that she was using Twitter as well. So in terms of her notoriety, uh, just a huge win all, all around, too. It, it kind of is because she's not there in the debate bickering with everyone. So she can actually, you know, say, you know, measured... Uh, uh, responses uh, to to all of those uh, those things. Uh, any numbers you can share from the debate on Twitter? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so during the debate, so obviously it was sponsored by the Globe and Mail, so the main hashtag people were using was hashtag Globe Debate. Um, during the 90-minute debate, we saw more than 94,000 tweets that just used that hashtag. So, you know, that's a huge number in and of itself, but then there's all the tweets above that that were using some of the other key hashtags we're seeing in the election uh, namely ELXN42, that's kind of the overall election, and then uh, CDN Poly, which is the default that people use for uh, Canadian politics. Um, we, we, we saw some, you know, kind of the funnier moments always get noticed on hash on uh, Twitter as well. Uh, Harper's old stock Canadians uh, comments seem to uh, light up social media pretty well. We saw 11,000 uh, tweets using the, the newly invented hashtag old stock Canadians, so that was another one we were looking at. It's kind of funny, though, uh, you know, Andy, you made this comment. Uh, these things live on forever now. Well, days. one of the funniest, like, I've been watching the, the election and following it on Twitter, and uh, it's, it's, it's so organic because, like, you get these hashtags just created by what someone will say. And at that point, when Harper said that, the tweets per minute just skyrocketed. And you can almost graphically see that. But the one before that was when uh, Stephen Harper made a video online about a Netflix tax and stopping I'm against the Netflix tax to try to get the young voters. Yeah. Well, people created a hashtag called Harper, a Netflix show and came up with these funny, like if, if Harper had a Netflix show, what would it be called? And, and I remember just uh, reading some curated tweets and I laughed so hard. It was so funny. I, I guess though, Cam, you know, to, you know, what Andy was saying there, uh, you got to be careful what you're, you're putting out there now because uh, instantly that, uh, you know, spreads across the Internet. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people at this point when they're following elections and they're really into Twitter and social media, I mean, a lot of observers really are just looking for those moments when they can jump into the conversation and, uh, you know, have uh, hitch their wagons to hashtags to really take off. I mean, another big one we saw later in the campaign a couple of weeks ago, as we were discussing this, was that in Vancouver earlier this week was Keygate, um, you know, two or three weekends back. Um, that one generated, I believe, 26,000 tweets using the hashtag Pgate, uh, just because a guy peed in a coffee cup like three years ago and was on CBC. So, you know, it's, it's like how little moments become part of the conversation for the election. We've got to stop doing that, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very careful on what I tweet. Well, I, no, I, just, just, just make sure there's no video around, you know, just be careful if you're going to. Oh, that's the problem. Per- Periscope now. You're everywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just use landscape mode if you're going to do it. So, you know... I know a lot of people are on Twitter. Uh, I, I would say a lot of our listeners aren't on Twitter as well. Why Why should they care? Why should they look into uh, checking Twitter out? Well, I mean, I, I think it's a few different reasons. I mean, obviously the velocity with which news travels on Twitter is the main one. I mean, it, it really is where a lot of news breaks, um, you know, due to the fact that Every single Canadian, you know, political journalist of uh, any stature is on Twitter and looking to be the first one to break news. And Twitter's, you know, the quickest way to do it. You've also got all the candidates up there as well. You know, Justin Trudeau, for example, like during the debate itself, he pumped out, I believe it was like 58 tweets 
just during the debate itself, too. So, you know, you want to see the, what the parties are putting out, what the journalists are saying about it, and then, you know, what are those everyday Canadians saying about it? And, you know, that's how, what hashtags are trending. It's all part of the conversation. So if you're looking to get, like, a really robust view on the election and what people are saying about it, I mean, Twitter really is the best tool to do that. Be interesting to know how many people are just passively watching through through Twitter. I mean, obviously yeah. you can measure them when they engage, they retweet or favorite a tweet, but uh, you know, I imagine a large chunk of people are just just viewing, like they view yeah, the news. Absolutely, and I think we were talking about this when I was out there earlier this week. You know, a lot for a lot of people, the reactions to events are sometimes more interesting than the event itself. So, it really, is the perfect complement if you're watching something, you know, on television. Uh, you know, just to be following your, your, your smartphone or your tablet at the same time and have that kind of dual screen experience. It's almost like the comment section on what you're witnessing in real time. Cam, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, obviously, people can uh, check out Twitter and the, the federal election hashtags for more info. Absolutely. So, yeah, again, those main ones we're seeing are ELXN42 and then uh, CDN Poly. That's your default uh, Canadian politics hashtag that will live on uh, beyond the election. As always, a pleasure. Thank you, Cam. Great. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. You too. Cam Gordon from Twitter talking about the federal election and how Twitter is playing a big part in following it. Fascinating stuff. Absolutely love it. Uh, It's a great time to live and be involved in politics. When we come back, we're opening up the phone line, 604-280-9898, taking your tech calls and questions. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here in studio today. Don't forget, we're also on Periscope. Our handle is at Get Connected Now. That's our Twitter handle. It'll allow you to find our live video streaming on Periscope through the apps or uh, through the web browser uh, as well. And, of course, you can tweet us your questions or comments at Get Connected Now anytime. Contest this week, Andy. We're giving away the Acatel Idol 3 smartphone. If you're looking for just an overall smartphone with no bells and whistles, but it just works, has a great battery life and camera, you're going to want to enter this contest. The Idol 3, it's the flagship phone from Acatel, which is a company a lot of people haven't heard of, but they're huge. Uh, they're based out in France. They're a telecommunications company, and they're making their entry in the Canadian smartphone market with the Idol 3. All you have to do is go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com, and enter and win. We're taking your calls and questions now, going open line here and Get Connected, 604-280-9898. Long distance anywhere in North America, 1-877-399-9898. One lucky caller, we're going to give them a Roam Mobility uh, SIM card that works on unlocked phones uh, for when you're traveling in the U.S. with a three-day talk, text, and data plan, which is kind of cool. going to jump here to uh, Mike on the line. Hey, Mike. Yes, um, I'm uh, wondering, is there is an app or appliance for my tablet so that if I get on a plane, it, uh, I can record my GPS position uh, uh, so my family know where I am because most of the airlines still don't, uh, you know, the big crashes, etc. They haven't resolved the problem that uh, if something goes wrong, they, uh, you know, they can't find you. Yeah. Uh, so surely we have these devices I should be able to to uh, put up app on it and personally look I uh, have my family know where I am it's a great question so he's asking is uh, there's some type of device or app that allow him to um, I guess transmit his GPS position uh, to family members while he's traveling on a plane um, that's a great question I don't know if a GPS would work on a plane 
No, well, yeah. See, the issue is about like how are you communicating yeah. that that information. So even if you could get your your position on your tablet or your phone on yeah. the plane, uh, how how are you going to get that out? Yes, and that's I mean? that's when like telecommunications, like the internet, come into play. Yes, because we have GPS on our phones by virtue of being connected to a wireless network, right? Yeah. With one of the telecoms, and then from there, people can pinpoint you. Like my brother, the other day, he went on a, a big bike tournament from Vancouver to Whistler. And he sent me a link, and I could watch on a map where he was going and how he was doing. Yeah, that's cool. And I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. And uh, he was surprised that I was looking at the data. He didn't think I would answer that email, but I was. And uh, it was interesting because you could see how fast he's going and when, where, when he stops, how long. But um, for that to happen on a plane, you still need some type of communication to the rest of the world, which is usually the Internet. Yeah, so I know there's uh, websites and, and apps that uh, will actually track all the flights going on in the world. Uh, I believe Flight Tracker is one of them. So you can type in any um, uh, airline code of the flight that you want to track, and it'll actually show you in real time where that plane is, which is kind of cool. By the way, just uh, GPS in general, it came in the 50s by accident. So if anybody's interested in GPS, you got to uh, look into the story about how it happened. It was just a, literally like a bunch of guys talking at a water cooler. A bunch of smart scientists, and then yeah. they're like, gee, I wonder if we could ping the satellite and ping it back down here. And then from that, they actually developed GPS, but it happened almost by accident, having a bunch of smart guys around a water cooler. I'm going to jump here uh, to Malcolm. Hey, Malcolm. Good morning, guys. What do you think of the Microsoft Network uh, Raspberry? Uh, interesting. So Raspberry, uh, Raspberry Pi is the little uh, hobby computer that you can buy for under $50, uh, which is kind of cool. Andy and I both use one for our home entertainment. I have three of them. You've got three. (laughs) They're multiplying. I want more, yes. So, you know, the amazing thing is that uh, these little guys are pretty powerful. They've got, you know, a half-decent processor, an HDMI connection out, so you can hook it up to a monitor or television. Uh, You've got USB ports. And, uh, you know, like we're saying, I use it uh, to stream content, Uh, you know, movies, TV shows, uh, to my television. Um, so there has been some talk about Microsoft actually making a version of Windows 10 that would work on the Raspberry Pi, but I don't know if that's available yet. That's a good question because when <clears throat> they were announcing Windows 10 and they said, we're going to make a version for Raspberry Pi, the whole like geeky tech community got really excited because the, the new Raspberry Pi was six times better in performance than the original one. And it has a gigabyte of RAM for a $50 computer is, is pretty good. Making it, it has enough specs to run Windows 10. So the fact that Microsoft was embracing that um, was was a great sign. I haven't tried it yet. I think the next Raspberry Pi that I buy, I'm going to put a full Windows 10 machine on it. But to your point, I use it. I turned it into a streaming player, and I can basically stream any kind of content that's out on the internet onto um, onto my television because I don't have a, a cable subscription. So even like live sports, I've been able to find some feeds online to watch live sports without having cable. Yeah, it'll be interesting when Microsoft does release a version. And again, they have to make a special version for the Raspberry Pi to make it work because uh, that would essentially turn that little hobby computer into a, uh, like a computer. You could or hook up a monitor, keyboard, mouse, and Bob's your uncle. Exactly. Is it going to be like as powerful as some of these laptops and desktop computers out there? No. But, you know, if you can do a lot of the basic stuff like web surfing and email, might be something it's a great, that could be popular. It's a great computer to give to kids, young kids, to get them excited about computing and even coding. Yeah. Just to give them that, that there's so much potential that can happen there. Even when I play around with it, I feel like I'm a teenager again, just like tinkering and going on YouTube and seeing what else you can do with it. It's, it's a lot of fun. 
going to have to take another break. When we come back, more of your calls, 604-280-9898. Long distance, anywhere in North America, 1-877-399-9898. We're uh, open line here and Get Connected, taking your tech calls and questions. And one lucky caller will get a Romobility SIM card with a three-day talk text and data plan for the U.S. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs, here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. We're taking your calls and questions today here on Get Connected. Any tech calls, 604-280-9898. Long distance, 1-877-399-9898. We're going to jump here to, is it Louie or Lewis? Yeah, it's Louie. Hey, Louie, how are you doing? Not bad, guys. How are you today? Good. What's up? Quick question. Um, have you heard of Hushed, the, uh, the private phone number, lifetime subscription kind of service out of the States? You get a, a secondary phone number for private long-distance communication um, within Canada and the United States. I haven't heard of that one yet. Uh, sounds interesting, though. Yeah, it, uh, and, and I'm, I'm trying to make a decision as to whether to go with Tango, Skype, or Hush. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, uh, yeah, it seems to be really interesting. And uh, I don't know if you've heard of Stack Social. They've got it there, um, and uh, they're selling, uh, like, there's a promo on it for real cheap, um, and just thought, check to see if you guys had heard about it. Yeah, uh, obviously you have uh, like a, a smartphone or something you use as well. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and the Hush, what's interesting is that uh, it lets you make, uh, you can do calls or texts from from the private phone number that you subscribe to. Yeah. Uh, there's no monthly fees. Um, you can choose the area code that you want to be calling from. Yeah. Um, and you have, you know, a voicemail, um, call forwarding settings, uh, and you can use uh, Wi-Fi, you know, obviously through your smartphone, so you don't incur any charges at all. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I'm going to have to check that one out. I haven't looked into that one, you know, in particular, but there are so many of these services that are popping up now. Uh, you know, my only thing at looking at all these services, will they be around in two years mm-hmm. or three years? Uh you know, some of them will. There's no question, but there's going to be a chunk that that don't. Uh, you know, as far as these, uh, you know, VoIP services, uh, I used to use Tango um, because I liked that it was cl- cross-platform. Because you know, I was on an iPhone and yeah. friends were on Android. <clears throat> we could all use it together. Um, I've been using Skype a lot now because I just <clears throat> it it works. And, you know, a lot of my family have that, uh, and people overseas have it as well. Uh, and they're building some really cool technologies into Skype, uh, too. Well, the younger people, like WhatsApp is one of the most popular communication messaging apps um, on on all the platforms. And that's yeah. basically because they communicated with all the platforms. And they've uh, enabled now you can do voice calling through Skype. Yeah. So if you have a Skype contact, you can call them through Skype and, and using the Internet and Wi-Fi and, and your data plan rather than a traditional phone number. So you're seeing a big trend of everyone moving to that because we have that technology to be able to do that. Uh, but to your point, yeah, the especially the smaller players, you wonder if they're going to be around, but they're trying to differentiate. Yeah. And one is that give you that privacy because for years, you know, people would always say uh, the government is spying on us and everyone thought that they're crazy. And then Snowden come out with the – the WikiLeaks, and and some people got concerned, right? And they're yeah. concerned about that. And so there is a market for, for having that kind of private communication, being anonymous. What, what would you use? Uh, I, I use Skype for yeah. work yeah. and WhatsApp to talk to friends that are, like, in the U.S., and I just want to quickly, you know, message them. But um, Yeah, those are my two go-to, yeah. Skype and uh, WhatsApp. Um, but I'm going to check out this uh, Hush here and some of the other ones mm-hmm. uh, as well, uh, you know, Lots of cool uh, innovations happening in that that whole side. 
But again, you want to stick with something that um, obviously is compatible across everything uh, and that, you know, your friends can get a hold of you on. Yeah. We're going to have to take another break. When we come back, it's that time app of the week with Christina Stoyanova. And uh, we'll uh, talk about uh, the contest details one more time. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here in the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy Barrar here in studio. It's that time of the week. We've got uh, Christina Stoyanova, who's now joining us to talk about her favorite app this week. Yes, I got to come out from behind uh, the Periscope camera yes yes you're doing a great job by the way well it was an adventure today well we'll talk about that after (laughs) Uh, so the app of the week this week is microsoft translator microsoft translator yeah so a lot of people use google translate this is another option for you for translating into different languages the thing about this one is that it actually works with smartwatches so you can have an app on your apple watch or Uh, any android wear that you own so how does it work do you talk to it or yeah you can talk to it or you know if another person's talking you can capture that and it'll translate for you and okay so if i'm talking to a uh, french friend uh, i can capture the audio i have a lot of french friends um, and i can hear what they're really saying about me will it read back their responses uh yeah loud you can also do it the other way so that you can speak in English and it'll translate back in French. So I can hear what they're saying about me for real now. Yeah. This is interesting. <laughs> uh, and how much is this? This is free. How do they make money on this? I always wonder. Yeah. You know what? I I have no idea. Well, it's the same thing with Google Translate, right? They're tracking our moves. They must be. They must be. <laughs> anyway, it's a pretty cool app. Um, there's fewer languages than Google Translate. Yeah. So... Um, if you're looking for just a smartphone app, I think Google Translate will still probably be the gold standard. But if you're interested in using it on a smartwatch, I think this is a better option. This one has 50 languages. Um, Google Translate has 90, but they cover usually the most widespread languages. So unless you're... Do you have Danish? Yes, Mike. (laughs) They have Danish. Thank God. I can talk to my Danish family. There you go. Thank you very much. And that's available uh, on smartwatches, obviously, Android and iPhone. Yep, that's correct. Andy, uh, the contest uh, one more time. Well, this week we are giving away the Acatel Idol 3. This is their uh, flagship smartphone from Alcatel. They're a French telecommunication company. They're really big, actually, but they're making inroads into the Canadian market with this really kind of like a budget-friendly phone that, that works. Uh, it's a great alternative to some of the high-end uh, phones out there, especially the new iPhone 6S, which is coming in at like $1,000. So if you want a, a nice smartphone that works, that runs Android, go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com to enter and win the Idol 3. So we have uh, been periscoping the show, uh, basically uh, using uh, my my iPhone uh, to video stream live, uh, the in-studio experience here. And so one of the features uh, they've just released is you can actually turn the the phone now to have like landscape mode or the wider mode um and you know as techie as we are we've broken our tripod (laughs) we actually broke the clip the clip we broke the clip of the tripod who who broke it andy 
Uh, Christina did. Yes. I, I don't I was, think that's what went I was supervising, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I watched her break it. Yes. <laughs> so she's responsible for replacing the clip so that we can get... Is she qualified to... You know what? I might give her suggestions about what kind of clip to get because now that we're going landscape mode, yeah. it's, it's a game changer on, on, on Periscope because we get this wide angle. And uh, the, the, I have to give her credit, though. The, the angle she's got today was pretty good. You know, I'm a creative type, and I, I approve of this new Periscope angle that she's got. If you want to see us live stream, we're at Get Connected Now is our Twitter handle. You can actually search for that uh, online, and uh, you'll see us. And, uh, you know, try it out, uh, the app, the Periscope app is available for iPhones and Android, uh, phones and tablets. So uh, it's kind of a, a neat thing, uh, really kind of changing the way people uh, deliver uh, content and, and even news for that matter. A lot of journalists are using it now to cover uh, live events. It's probably cool. one of the apps that I use the most these days. Periscope. Just because I'm curious. Really? Because you get these push notifications of people yeah. that you follow on Twitter. So they're like, live, I'm here at Periscope at a barbecue. And you're just like, well, okay, I'll check it out. So you can jump in and out and, you know, converse, send some hearts. Like, we get a lot of hearts during the Periscope feed, which is... uh, Some more than others. I won't say who. (laughs) I think I get the most. (laughs) I think I get the most. Don't forget, uh, you can always visit our website, www.getconnectedmedia.com. We've got all our content up there, videos, how-to videos, uh, our podcasts and radio shows. Uh, Also, we want to... uh, Announce, uh, Louis, you won the Rome Mobility Talk, Text, and Data plan with SIM card this week. So congratulations. want to thank all the folks that helped put the show together. Andy Barrar, my co-host and producer. Christina Stoinova for always joining us here in the studio and for the app of the week. And the great CKW control team. That's all. We'll see you again next week.